The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Unbelievable. Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of At Notebook Wagering Podcast. We got a little midweek action coming your way, getting it all in before the NFL starts, getting it in before the bowl season starts. I'm going to be here tonight with Smitty and J-Cam. We have a special guest tonight, too. Before we bring him on, Jason, what's going on? Are you ready for the Pittsburgh ice storm coming in tonight? Of course. It's been too long. We haven't had any bad weather almost all winter. It's been amazing, like here, for some reason. We're the only city in America benefiting from global warming, So, but I'll take it. Uh, I am ready for the ice storm. I'm ready for this show. I'm excited. I've, I've been a little sluggish getting into the college basketball game this year. My own fault and call myself out, but I think this show is going to get me kick-started, so I'm ready for it. What about you, Smitty? Yeah, two-hour delay already, boys, down here, <laughs> right outside D.C. I'm excited. Got to sleep in a little bit. Wake up, watch a little fall of money tomorrow on Visa, and I can't wait. Hey, I'm excited, too, man. Basketball is one of my favorite things. I fired it all, every night, all the time. I love it. One of our favorite guests, so let's get after it, Matt. All right, so without further ado, we have Brian Ralph with us tonight. Uh, Brian, check him out on Twitter. He's at, at @heatcheck. CBB, and he's also the host of At The Hangout CBB. He's a senior national writer for the Heat Check. Brian, thanks for joining us. What's going on tonight, my man? Yeah, thanks for having me back. It's a little bit slower slate the last couple of days, at least, with finals and everything. It's always happens this time of year. But um, things have gotten a little crazy the last couple of nights, too, so it's been fun. It's been enjoyable. So, Brian, uh, Smitty is really the only one who's really firing away at college hoops, but I'll fire the first question off to you. So I dug in. You're a alumni of South Carolina, correct? Yes, which is not good for basketball. Well, that's what I was going <laughs> to ask you. I was going to say, give me your insight on Lamont Paris, the former coach of UT Chattanooga, and where you see mm-hmm. South Carolina maybe next year. Yeah, I, I think it will be fine in time. Like I, I, if you have expectations of him taking South Carolina to consistently to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament, I don't think that's happening. I don't think he's that level of coach. And if it does happen, it's not going to be for five, seven, eight years down the line, right? He's not going to have that that high that Frank Martin had with the Final Four. However, I do think he might get to the NCAA tournament a little bit more often than Frank Martin did because that that one year, that Final Four year was the only year Frank Martin made the tournament in South Carolina. He missed it the other nine or 10 years he was there. Um, that said, it's going to take a couple of years to see them get up to that point. The roster just is, is, is pretty bare. I know they have Gigi Jackson, who is a good player, and a lot of games they play, it is obvious that he's the best player on the court. That said, he's still, he's still a raw kid. He is 17 years old, graduated early athleticism's there there are some things he can do in flashes but he's not somebody who is going to take a team that's at the bottom of the sec and elevate them to a super high status the good thing south carolina and other bottom teams in the sec have working for them is that the bottom of the sec is terrible this year so there are probably like four or five teams that could all legitimately finish 10th and still not be good so that's working for him, but South Carolina, it, it, it's going to be two or three years where you see any kind of positive results from Lamont Paris. Since we're talking Gamecocks, we have to give Brian some credit here. What team had more impact on the college football playoff than the South Carolina Gamecocks? Yes. I mean, let's pump them up a little bit here. Take out Tennessee, take out Clemson, their rival, knock them out, end all their little hopes and dreams there. You know, all, they basically ran out of time with the Gamecocks. It was a couple more games they could have snuck themselves in because the SEC was trying to get that fourth team in. Gamecocks were kind of knocking on the very back door, maybe not the back door, like the back fence on the. Yeah. But great year, second year. I mean, you had expected they maybe fell down a little bit after last year, kind of a bit of a surprise, but they really came on great late. Yeah, it, last year, Shane Beamer's first year, 
won a bowl game with a, a graduate assistant coach playing quarterback, right? So you, you take that. This year, um, I think we were hoping they would take a step forward and to your point through 10 games, they hadn't really. They're bowl eligible, but thrown up a couple duds. So to, to really put an exclamation point on the season the way they did, um, he knows how to bring momentum into the offseason. That's for sure. So I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah, Brian, I want to ask, you know, let's just go to maybe the biggest story of the week here in college basketball. Chris Beard news out of Texas, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, not a not a good look. So we don't have to really dive into all that. But what's your thoughts overall? Do you think we'll see Beard back at Texas or do you think they're going to move on from him? I think it. I don't want to say it depends, but I think it very much depends. Um, there's still a legal process going to have to play out. I don't think we'll see him back on the sidelines this year. Like I, if you're looking in terms of the most optimistic scenario of him returning to Texas, what that looks like it's in sending out this year, there being some legal proceedings in the off season where maybe charges get played down or some other things come out. You know, I'm not going to speculate on, on what happened and different things there, but let's say it turned out to be not as serious um, as it seems to be, and then he's back at the start of the next season. I think even if, like even if something crazy happened, I think it's too much of a distraction for him to come back this year, unless it's something where he's totally expunged and um, innocent. Which I just judging by what was in the the uh, police report and arrest record doesn't seem like it's going to be the case in the next two to three months. Um, but now you have an interesting situation there because you have a, a, a talented team, one that was built to play Chris Beard's system, right? And so you take Chris Beard out of that. Assistant coaches, he, he did assemble a really good staff, guys who have been head coaches before. Um, I think he one of them, forget who it was, was a head coach when he decided to take the assistant job at Texas instead. So there is not a lack of knowledge on the staff, but – they're not going to play the same way. Beard's one of the best coaches in the country. Have a team that fit his style. Um, I think they'll still be good, but that ceiling that we are potentially seeing Texas of being, you know, a top two, three team in the country and potentially making a long March run. I think that's kind of out the window now. All right, Brian, I'll segue this in because I don't think he's coming back. So we'll just parlay into something a little more fun and upbeat. So, I love college hoops. It's probably my favorite to bet on. I'm a little behind betting it. Mm-hmm. I am also a huge mid-major guy. I love the underdog, the little guy. Give me three mid-majors who, come March, you think are going to be a fun team, maybe a Sweet 16 kind of team. Uh, the team I have circled is James Madison. Um, James Madison has – at least as of last week, the nation's highest scoring offense. Um, they played Virginia, which knocked it down a little bit. Um, but they took Virginia down to the wire in Charlottesville, took UNC down to the wire in Chapel Hill. They're extremely deep. They have a, a really fun offense. They All 10 guys they, they play are capable of putting up 10, 15, 20 points in a single game. Uh, Sunbelt's a really good conference. Um, if you're looking for a, a Cinderella team, I think whoever comes out of the Sunbelt – could be that team um, Thor Georgia state in the mix as well. But James Madison to me is the main one to watch. Um, if you want to look elsewhere, Iona it's Rick Pitino, right? He's, he's got six guys, I think back from last year's team, top six uh, brought some transfers in. Um, I talked to him for the Almanac, which we did in the offseason, and he told me that Dennis, Dennis Jickens, um, who is their starting point guard now, is a Juco guy. He's the best Juco guy he's ever had, according to Patino. And his Louisville teams were full of those Juco guys. And so for him to have that now at Iona, I, that's somebody that I, I think he thinks can take them pretty far. And he's scored over 20 points four times already this season. He's getting his feet wet a little bit. They should dominate the – uh, the Metro Atlantic Conference up there. That's another one to watch. Elsewhere, UAB is is going to be the, the popular pick, the sexy pick. They came in as a top 25 team in the preseason. Um, have two losses on the year. They're okay. Um, but there's not, I, I don't think, the traditional mid-major powers 
that we've seen in past years, right? Like the, the usual suspects are like Murray State, Dayton. Those guys aren't necessarily around. I was really high on San Diego State coming into the year, and I still think they can be a really, really good team. I, they were a preseason Final Four pick for me. Um, but we need to see them make more strides offensively. Yeah, I got a team real quick on that. I kind of like this team. I'm going to bounce um, another team at you that they played recently, but I'm going to go with Townsend here. What do you think of Townsend? Love I like Townsend. Uh, Timberlake. Uh, I like the guard. Yeah. A team I'm going to ask you here in a little bit. I'll let the guys fire, but one team I want to talk about is Clemson here. And they played a couple, uh, maybe a couple games ago, really good game back and forth in that game. Timberlake, a really good guard. I was really surprised that they lost to Navy. I think it was on Sunday. Mm -hmm. But what's your overall opinion on Townsend? Townsend's a good team. Um, Pat Scary has had them playing at a pretty high level in the CAA for the last couple of years now, and they just haven't broken through in the conference tournament. They've been a a 20-plus win team now, and – as is the case when you get into these one-bid leagues, you can have a great season, have a bad night. Sorry. Uh, I think this could be where they need to get over that hurdle, but if they do, I mean, they're a team that's got experience. Um, they're a really good offensive team, especially for, for a mid-major team. Um, very experienced, have decent size. Uh, matchups will be key for them, but they're a team that if they pop up next to you in the bracket, on selection Sunday, you're not going to be thrilled with that. Like they, they're a dangerous team that I think has or should have at least everybody's attention. Speaking of attention, my uncle has mine. He is a Purdue alum. He is he's falling into the, the classic trap that all Purdue fans have, where they are <laughs> over the moon excited right now. They're going to the Final Four, and we all know how that ends. How good is this team? Because I look at the roster, we all know Zach Eadie's a really good player. Kind of doesn't have anywhere to go because the NBA doesn't like big guys anymore, or at least not those kind of big guys. And um, there's a real balanced scoring around it. Do they have enough scoring when it gets down to it? I think they'll be good in the Big Ten. They're deep. They're big. Mm-hmm. They play like Purdue. Um, so, you know, they're solid on defense. They move the ball on offense. But is it just going to be one of those t- classic years for them where Sweet 16, Final Eight, maybe everybody gets leaves frustrated? Or can they get over that? I think they can, but everything has to stay the way it is right now. And – that's saying a lot, not because of Zach Eady. Like the big question was Zach Eady. We knew how dominant he is, seven foot four, 300 pound guy who is unstoppable when he, when he gets the ball. The problem was he couldn't stay on the court last season and really throughout his career. He's playing over 32 minutes a game now. Like that's eliminated. So you have that presence on the court at all times. You have an incredibly high floor. But what's made Purdue different this year is that the freshman guards they brought in Fletcher lawyer and Braden Smith are playing incredible right now. Like they're both decent, pretty, pretty high regarded recruits, not the, the one and done type guys, but guys who are going to come in and be contributors. I, I think they're projected to be like really good four year, big 10 players. Right. Um, but they weren't expected to be all big 10 candidates as freshmen. Mm-hmm. And right now they're playing like perhaps the best backcourt, in the big 10, if they keep that up, this Purdue team can make the final four can go further and potentially win a national championship. But you're asking you know, those freshmen to continue this level of play for more than 10 games that we've seen from Purdue so far. I'm not going to say they can't do it because we haven't seen them not do it yet. Like all, all they've done is handle it, but that's just, that's a, a tall task and expectation to put on freshmen. So if, if they don't, it'll be because those freshmen falter. Brian, we didn't we didn't plan this, but that's an absolutely perfect segue for my final question for you. Okay. So we 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 saw Houston lose this week as number one. We saw Texas lose uh, this week or last week as number one. UVA is still ranked really high. They play Houston this week. We could have somebody else lose. We just talked about Purdue. Will somebody take a stranglehold on number one this year and keep it for a while? Are we going to see just like last year? Is it just going to be? Week in, week out, somebody else is going to be at the top. If somebody does take a stranglehold of number one, it'll be Houston simply because they play in the American. And the American is essentially Houston, pretty big tier gap, Memphis, giant tier gap, everybody else. It'll be a situation where Houston is a very good team. We know they're a good team, but they're just going to keep racking up W's throughout conference play pretty much. 
Uh, and so I think we could see them stay there just because they haven't lost, not necessarily because they're playing like the best team in the country. I think there's a case that Houston is the best team in the country, but I don't think anybody else is good enough to take that triangle hold. Like, to me, this is a year where you have a, a, a champion like we saw in 2011 with UConn or 2014, again with UConn, where a single player, Kemba Walker in 2011 or Shabazz Napier in 2014, takes over the tournament and kind of leads that Cinderella run because there wasn't a dominant team. I don't think there's a dominant team this year. And that, that should be reflected, I think, in the, in the top of the polls and the rotation that we'll see, unless it's just a matter of Houston benefiting from playing in a weaker American and, and not being tested a lot. And number one in Ken Palm right now, UConn. Brian, I just gave you something there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, those Hurley boys are on fire, like 22 and one right now. They <laughs> are. so not. And hey, Brian, real quick, I, I mean, I'm glad Matt said he has like that might have been his last question because I got like 10 more for you here. Bring it. Uh, <laughs> but the Hurley boys, man, right now, you know, Bobby, that was a struggle last year at Arizona State. I really thought maybe this guy was going to like keep that job. Mm-hmm. And again, UConn, I love UConn. I lost the bet to them. Uh, I had Florida uh, about a week ago, week and a half ago. And man, I, I re- watched that game. And that was one game, I think I said to Jason, when you lose a bet and you're not even upset you lost a bet because you're watching a team that was just fantastic to watch and you really enjoyed watching that team, man, that that UConn team, I think mm-hmm. they're the best team in the country. Uh, what's your thoughts on them? I think they're playing like a top five team in the country, for sure. Um, I also think that they have benefited from playing some teams that bring name value but aren't necessarily as good as we think they are, right? The feather UConn's cap is always going to be that Alabama win because they have that and, and they won that game by 15 points. Like that wasn't necessarily close. But you look at the other big notable wins they have, particularly at, at the Phil Invitational, Oregon has had some questionable losses already. Iowa State, good team, but we, we've seen them fall flat and are now probably – going to finish bottom half of the big 12 again we thought iowa state was good because right after they beat unc turns out unc isn't actually that good so then you start questioning how good iowa state is oklahoma state and florida uh, i think you're looking at borderline NCAA tournament teams teams that might not make it uconn handled their business the way they should have uconn is a very good team i don't want to get that mixed up in this but I, I think you bring up like purdue has a better resume i think you could put virginia's best wins uh, up against Purdue's and, and I think maybe even surpasses UConn but UConn has certainly looked the part right I think you can make a case for it but I'm not ready to say that they're the clear-cut best team in the country right now because I do think some of their wins are being overvalued a little bit but playing in the Big East and the schedule they have coming up they have a chance to erase all doubt in the next couple of weeks yeah, so you mentioned earlier in the podcast that this is like the time where the games are kind of in between. There's finals to kind of, you know, like a week between games, almost like a high school schedule. Who do you see right now who's kind of struggled early that might turn it on as we enter conference season here coming in? Is there anybody where you've seen like kind of they've, they've hit their bottom and now they're starting to come back up or is it a little too early, maybe a week or two, we'll finally see that team who's kind of there. I mean, there's definitely been some teams who had higher expectations who aren't playing real well. Uh, I just watched Illinois lose to Penn State on Saturday. There's a team that looks a little disheveled. North Carolina, yeah. kind of a very interesting mix. So there's a couple of them out there, but who's going to kind of make the, the U-turn and kind of go the right direction here? Like we saw North Carolina do last year. Yeah, I think North Carolina is a, a great candidate for that this year again um, for a couple reasons. First one is that Super Davis would love to say he's blamed everything that's happened so far in their travel schedule. And their travel schedule has been crazy, but he's like, we haven't had time to practice and everything's kind of nuts. Um, well, they'll have more time to practice, particularly this month when, when there are fewer and fewer games. They're also a team that their depth is freshmen and younger guys who he did not trust earlier in the season. Um, they were running a different offense the first part of the season that ran an end of last year to starting now to look more like the offense they ran in the last year. There's no cutting. There's no passing. Uh, it was incredibly stagnant and dribble heavy from Caleb Love and RJ Davis. They're going to get back. Uh, I, I still think they're going to get back into the swing of things um, and play a little bit better down ACC will help with that as well. Um, but they're a team. I think that'll come back up a little bit and Michigan state as well. 
um, Michigan State looked really good the first two weeks of the season, has cratered since then. Uh, and they've been injured, gotten some poor interior play. But I think once they get healthy again and some guys develop uh, and get more comfortable in their new roles, carrying more lo- uh, more of the load, I could see them get back up to being, uh, you know, top half of the Big Ten, top part of the Big Ten, just because you know, that's, that's what Izzo does. Smitty, I do have one more that I'll fire off to Brian real quick. Smitty is a huge Georgetown fan. <laughs> That's a good question. Is, is there legitimately any way that they can turn that program around or has it come to the point where basically the youth in our country don't even know the past greatness that Georgetown has? And I mean, we all know Ewing has to go, but they yeah. haven't pulled the trigger yet. Has Georgetown pretty much lost its allure with our youth? Um, uh, yes, but I think they can get it back quickly if they start winning, right? Like they had the free attendance for anybody who wanted to show up the game. They were playing. I I forget, I forget the opponent, but it was like, whoever wants to come, it's free. It was Sienna. Whoever whoever wants to come, it's free. And there were like 5,000 people there. Yeah. Right. Like, I think it's just an apathetic fan base right now. Because there has not been excitement around that program in the last decade, decade and a half. Um, you start getting some of that excitement back. We've seen it from other programs that have been down for a while. I, I know the, the, the um, I don't want to say passion, but the, the rabidness of Georgetown fan base is not the same as Indiana's or Illinois'. Um, but those two programs have had droughts of success where they went stretches without it. Uh, as soon as Illinois started having success under Brett Underwood, suddenly everything went, it changed on the program. They started selling out every game. You started hearing again about the 2005 teams some of the teams in the past that were really good. You started hearing about all that. Indiana has expectations this season for the first time in a decade. They're ranked for the first time in, I think, since 2015, 2016. And then you start hearing about all this other stuff. Bob Knight comes back to practice. The, the, passion is there at the fan base i think georgetown fans just think something to get excited about and get national media talking about them in a way that is not what are they going to fire patrick ewing <laughs> right because because that happens in becomes oh they're playing like georgetown team in the past you start playing clips from the 80s and 90s and seeing all that and then all that comes up but right now you don't have a reason to do that because you're playing in front of five thousand people against sienna so, giving the dumpster fire that is Georgetown, <laughs> what about the biggest dumpster fire, which would be the one located in uh, the state of Kentucky? What has happened to Louisville basketball? I thought they hired the guy they wanted to hire. He's over. <laughs> what, how do you fix that? It's it's just amazing to see a program with that prestige kind of just like completely. I don't even know what yeah. you're at this point. You you fix it by having guards on your roster. That, that um, they have, like Ellis is the only guard they have on the roster that's in the rotation um there, there are so many things wrong with louisville like i think a lot of this falls at the feet of kenny Payne, and people have been i think hesitant to do that because it's his first year but he comes in you bring him on because he's known as an excellent recruiter right that that was his role under calipari that that's his pitch i can bring guys to louisville and he had louisville in the mix for some high quality guys in the offseason but he didn't land any of them that left obvious holes in the roster, particularly in the backcourt. He didn't address them in the portal either. So that's a problem. Okay, so you, you have a roster, no guards, a lot of size. We'll, we'll try and figure it out. He runs an offense like he's got Derrick Rose playing point guard, where it is everything is set up off a of guard, breaking his defender down, making the defense react, and things happening off of that. Oh, you don't have guards to break a defense down. That doesn't work. <laughs> He's playing a perimeter-oriented style with interior players, and it's it's not working. And I think the way we've seen them progress as the season has gone on, um, they don't care as much because they know they stink, and they know things aren't working. Like we talk about the lack of excitement with Georgetown, Louisville's falling into that a little bit. Not the fan base, but you can see with the players where there's no belief that they can win. 
or that that's at least dwindled significantly. Um, and I wish I could say that, you know, it's all fine because they got these other guys coming in in future classes. They don't have that right now. Like Payne has not done what he was supposed to do or was supposed to be really good at. And the on-court stuff that was a big question mark has been awful. So that's a long answer. Short answer is it's bad. I don't think it's going to get better until they have a new coach there, unfortunately. Unless um, Payne is is still in his first month and a half in charge, so there are potential for growth and changes. But from what we've seen so far, I do not have hope that he is the guy to even turn them back into an NIT team. Hey, Matty, I got two. I'm going to – go ahead, Jason. I'm sorry. No, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that because Louisville is not a patient booster base. They are surprisingly no. uh, well-loaded with cash, and they won't make decisions like that. And uh, I have a feeling this is one we're going to see. Unlike Georgetown, like, where they're kind of waiting for Patrick to come to them uh, to make that switch. And uh, a family like Pitt where they're kind of caught in the middle where nobody wants to leave and they have just too much money owed to the guy to get rid of them at this point. Sorry, Smitty, go ahead. Yeah, now, I got two really quick. Uh, you know, we have some uh, some of our guys that are really good listeners are uh, out in uh, Las Vegas and they love the UNLV team. Can you just give like a quick minute? Uh, what do you think of the UNLV program off to a great start? And then I got yeah. I got one team that I really, really like watching. I just want to get your opinion. So UNLV, what do you have, Brian? UNLV is a good team. Uh, I think the 10-0 start is a good thing, not just because it's 10-0 start, but because it's given them some notoriety, and I think the number of wins that they will need to get into the NCAA tournament conversation. They don't have any real notable wins. The Washington State win was certainly a big one for them, but I, they're going to come back to the pack a little bit when they, once they get into Mountain West play. Mountain West is very, very good this year. Um, EJ Harkless and Keyshawn Gilbert are an excellent backcourt. Very, very good. Um, and UNLV is a good defensive team. But they get into some some droughts offensively and, and can stall out a little bit. That's going to hurt them when they're playing San Diego State, Colorado State, you know, talk about New Mexico, some of the better teams in the Mountain West. I It would not surprise me if they finished in the top half of the Mountain West, but more more towards the middle of that, um, maybe like you know fifth, maybe even sixth. It would not surprise me if they're in that range. But you pick up 18, 19 wins on the season, you're going to be in the NCAA tournament mix. So I, I expect that they'll be back in the postseason. I, I think NIT, I think you're looking at it as the safety net right now for UNLV, which isn't where they've been in the past. I think you got to give Kevin Kruger a lot of credit. Yeah, one team I want to talk to, uh, I really like watching this team. I think I was talking to you, maybe Jim Root too. Um, that Alabama UNC game, I think it was a Sunday night a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You know, really bashing. I can't stand watching basketball that these teams, last second shots, they call a timeout, then they come out and the guy dribbles around the ball and they fire. I mean, I write you all the time and I just go off mm-hmm. on this. One team I do like watching, I just want to get your opinion on this team. Really like watching them run a half court offense is Clemson. Uh, ACC is not the strongest uh, conference, you know, uh, Florida State's mm-hmm. kind of down. Louisville, we've talked about, you know, Pitt's there, you know, Duke's good. Virginia's really good. You know, Hunter Tyson, I really like watching him. Good score, good rebounder. Uh, PJ Hall, good score. Uh, the, the Hunter, the point guard's really good. They run a really good set, I believe. What's your, I mean, what's your opinion on them? Do they have a chance? They seem like they always start out okay with this coach and they kind of really go down as the season, but I really like mm-hmm. their offense and how they play the game. What's your opinion on this team? This is the Brad Brownell conundrum, right? It's why he's been at Clemson 12, 13 years and has been on the hot seat for probably half of that is that <laughs> he is, he is a good X and O coach. He's a good in-game coach. Uh, I agree with you. They, they run good stuff. Uh, when he goes up against lesser coaches, you'll often see him coach circles around them. And it's why Clemson has some of their better wins. But he's never been good at getting high-end ACC-level talent, let's say. He's a good X-No coach. He's a good developer of the talent he does get. Um, But there's not a lot of the elite talent there. And I think this team is another example of that, where I think they're a good team. They've developed some guys. They're older this year. The guys you mentioned are all upperclassmen. So that's that's important for Brad Bennell's teams, is that they'll they'll cycle up and and be decent. but there is a cap there because there is not 
those got like those guys you mentioned uh, with Hunter, um, PJ Hall, especially are, are good college players, but to get to where Clemson wants to be at the top of the ACC, you need pros, right? And you need guys who are versatile college players and Clemson doesn't have that. It would not surprise me if Clemson got into the anti-tournament, they're, I think, a, a good candidate for that 8-9 game or 7-10 game, right? But to me, there's no threat of them making the second weekend at all. Like, I, I think best-case scenario is you get lucky in that one game in the NCAA tournament, and you consider that a, a great season. The, the talent and the explosiveness isn't there. You guys got anything else for Brian before we uh, send him on his way? No, nah, it was great. I, don't, I did. I did learn about UNLV today with the Ralph Report, which was a great article. He had a couple right. of C in there, and a couple in Miami, a school probably under the radar right now that we didn't get to talk to today. So that's all I had, Matty. Yeah, right. The least, hey, Brian, least talked Brian, about Elite Eight team ever. They brought back half the team, got two yeah. top transfer guys. No one cares about Miami. They ain't got them paid too, right? <laughs> I've hit Miami a couple times this year, so I like Miami. Yeah. Hey, hey, Brian, before we get you out of here, uh, go ahead and uh, tell us what you got working and plug your sites and everything like that. Yeah. Um, we're, we're in the routine now where Ralph Report, as you mentioned, uh, comes out twice a week, Mondays and Fridays on the website, hechecksv.com. Cover the entire landscape of college basketball nationally from all angles, both in that article and then with the other writers for the site as well. Make sure you're checking that daily. Um, Follow me on Twitter at bralph33, htechcv.com. One great thing that we do have, and I don't think I've ever plugged it before, but I should. If you want to know what to watch any night, go to heatcheckcvb on Twitter. We have the watchability index that Eli puts out. Tells you every game that you need to watch. It sorts them, sorts them by Gus Johnson. So we have green Gus, very happy Gus for all the games that you need to watch. There's, yellow, there's a orange for like second tier. Maybe flip back and forth, a yellow and a red games you want to stay away from. So, again, any, anything you could want, contrast wise, we have on heatchexcbb.com and on Twitter at heatchexcbb. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. And for you listeners, his Brian's last name is spelled R A U F, just in case you uh, get a little Thank confused. Thank you. Yes. And, Brian, before you uh, sign off here, who wins the bowl game, uh, South Carolina or Notre Dame? <laughs> South, Car- South Carolina. So, uh, you my, so I, before I, before we get into that, so my I have a, a cousin who works in ticket sales for the Jags, Jacksonville Jaguars. The game was held in, in Jacksonville. Um, just talking to him a little bit. Apparently, Notre Dame has had trouble selling their tickets, their allotment. Uh, well, South Carolina has had their allotment up four or five times and has sold out. So it's going to be a very heavy south carolina presence at that game which may or may not be a factor awesome hey thank you again for dropping by and giving us your time you have a great night and hey feel free to reach out to us anytime yeah thank you guys for having me i appreciate it thanks, thanks brian. brian have a great night all right see you guys see you got it all right boys great segment we got a lot to cover though in a short amount of time i know somebody could go hoops all night oh let's, my goodness let's <laughs> let's roll uh before before we roll into it though jason Hardest week ever to come up with the hot mess express. There's legit four four candidates, and I don't even know if I got it right. But let's start it off Thursday night. San Francisco travels up to Seattle. Seattle's catching three at home over under 43. I heard a stat today. Not sure what it is though, like the exact. But I heard Pete Carroll on a short week is a covering machine at home. I want to say it was like six and one on a short week. Purdy's hurt. Uh, they lost Debo. I think the Niners might be a little too banged up. I actually like the Seahawks probably getting the three. They get Kenneth Walker back. Hostile environment. I'm going to probably take the the uh, Sea Chickens plus the three this week. Yeah, no, we talked about a little bit last week about the dirty dogs in December. I think this is a prime candidate here on the short week. Like you mentioned, 49ers are banged up. Seahawks need this win. You're buying low on the Seahawks. You're selling high on the Niners. Take the Seahawks plus three and a half. Yeah, teaser play. You know what I'm going to do? I'm taking Seahawks up, man. Purdy being hurt, Debo out. I like Seattle Mark, tomorrow night in a teaser. All right, Smitty, roll us into the next. I'm just going to go down my sheet right now. That's all I have go in front it. of me. Uh, I have the Colts Vikings here. Perfect. You know, Minnesota, that was one of those games last week. You know, we talked about 
Minnesota playing Detroit. A lot of people were shocked. Why was Detroit favored in that game? Well, you knew why. So, but I like this. This is a great bounce back spot, I think, in here. I really like um, Minnesota this week against uh, Indianapolis. What do you got, Matt? I agree with you. Um, I think the market, though, has adjusted well to the Vikings. And the bigger lines have now came down to that magic number three, the three and a halves, the fours are going to pop up. One thing I would look for here, I think it's, a, like you said, a perfect bounce back. I actually think the under here is in play. Indy's a mess coming off of a bye week. Minnesota, they're going to score, but I don't think Indy can put up probably over 20. I see like a 25-20 game right under the under, a 48 and a half. Give me the under in this one. Jason? So I think Minnesota is being punished for actually just winning games. I mean, yeah, I know the stats aren't there, but, I mean, you win games. That's it. You can't get blamed because you're 10-3. and three. I like them this week against Indy. I think Indy has kind of circled the wagons on this season. We already know they did the coaching change and everything. Also, I actually like the over in this game. I know it's a pretty high total, 48 and a half. The Colts have kind of been an over machine since Saturday got there. They got completely blown out by the Cowboys, snuck over with the Steelers. So I'm actually going to take the, lay the four, take the over with the Vikes. And I will move to a game, really interesting game here. Browns at home, lane two and a half against the Ravens. Very banged up Ravens team, the quarterback position amongst others. Not really sure what direction to go here. The Browns, a lot of people liked them last week against the Bengals. They did not show up. Uh, I had them teased up, and they still didn't get the job done. I am. I know people want to take the Browns this week. They're at home. Ravens have no quarterbacks. But you know what? The Ravens' game plan is going to be the same as it was against the Steelers. They're going to run the football, and they ran it really well last week. I think they'll run it well this week, too. I will actually take them plus two and a half. I don't care who's a quarterback. It can be Anthony Brown. It can be any BC quarterback or other transfer quarterback you want to put behind the center. They're just going to hand it off and run behind the big offensive line. Give me the Ravens plus two and a half on the road and a little sprinkle on the money line. Was that a Glenn Foley comment there? Maybe quarterback. I'll take Glenn Foley. <laughs> I'm trying to together. Uh, Jerkovic, he's in his portal. Wow. Let, him transfer, let him transfer to Baltimore. Hey, I like this too. I think it's a good spot here. You know, Baltimore impressed me. I had the Steelers last week. Very winnable game here. Ravens do what they do. Like Jason said, they ran the ball really well. Dobbins came back, had a big game, really punished the Steelers defensive line here. Now, Brown, I'm going to say, Jason said he doesn't care who's quarterback. And Brown scares me a little bit. I'm a little nervous with that. You know, Cleveland, again, just has not come back. We said Watson was going to be rusty here. You know, tight game. Huntley, I did th- I did hear kind of practice slightly the other day. So, I mean, he might be leaning towards. I think they're in great shape if he quarterbacks. In a teaser spot, I still like the Ravens in this game up in a teaser spot. I think it's a divisional game should be really a street fight kind of game. I like in a teaser spot. I like Baltimore up. Matty, what do you got? Yeah, agreed. Um, no Lamar again. Huntley did go through the practice and walkthroughs I heard today. So I think he should be okay for game time. I do think Watson's going to start to shake the rust off. And Cleveland at home is a different team. They play much better at home. Um, Cooper really stars at home. That's a player prop to watch. He struggles at uh, on the road, but really plays well at home. So maybe check out his receptions and over yards. But I think this game all day is run by both teams. This is going to be a huge just ground and pound game. See who beats the shit out of each other, basically. Go ahead, Jason. That'll be, that'll be interesting because Cleveland only ran it 24 times last week uh, with Watson coming back. Are they changing the offense for the worst? Not a good move there, but I do agree. Maybe they'll get back to the running game this week. All right, I'll fire away the next one. We got a big one, and we got one of Smitty's favorites, the snow game, going up the Buffalo. Here it comes. It's not going to be the six feet type of crap, but they're calling for maybe six to seven big wins, and uh, they say Tua's noodle arm isn't going to hold up the, up there. Buffalo's laying seven and a half at home over under 43. Jason always loves the overs in the snow game. I actually think you lay the points with Buffalo here. I think this is the game where Josh Allen, any type of trouble, he's just going to get up and run. I would love to get it down to uh, a six and a half if the lines move a little bit, but give me Buffalo laying the points this week. Uh, Jason, what do you have on this one? I think we go opposite. I think I'm going to take the Dolphins here with getting more than a touchdown. It's because it's getting more than a touchdown. We're talking about divisional dogs and all of that. Miami's run defense is actually still pretty good. If the weather's bad, the winds are bad, then they can actually stay in the game, I think. But they haven't really looked too good. Their road game in a row kind of concerns me, though, too. 
Um, and it, the first two haven't gone very well at all, but maybe just a big spot for them here. Bills have been kind of, I don't know, okay. I don't think they've been great. They kind of hit their peak early, kind of like the Eagles did, but the Eagles have come back. Bills have not. Injuries have a lot to do with that. I'm going to take the plus seven and a half because I think the weather, 42 is the total right now. That's a lot of points for a total of 42. The weather's probably going to have an impact. Snowbirds haven't hit yet. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with the, the Sunder. I don't know what that's called. Smitty, what do you have for this one? <laughs> yeah, I already locked it in. Um, this is one of my favorite bets of the week. I have Buffalo down in a teaser here. I think they blow out Miami. I don't like Miami right now. You know, I watched a lot of that game on Sunday. Tua did not look good at all. Hill has a bad ankle. Now you add it into like about nine, 10 degrees snow. Waddle doesn't seem great. Didn't get him the ball. I mean, he was missing guys. He was not even close. I do like Miami's defense, man. That rookie, is it Phillips? The rookie? Um, yeah, yeah man. What a no, stud. That kid, like, oh, or, man. Or that, kid's, that kid's a stud. I mean, just a great athlete. Uh, but I really, Miami's in trouble here in this game. I just don't see them. Miami coming up in this in this environment, it's going to be bad news. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you in a little bit who I matched this up, but I already locked it in, and I'll post it here maybe tonight. Buffalo down in a teaser. I love it so much, man. Let's move Jason, on. You better get a, Jason, you better get a patent on that. Uh, the Snunder? Uh, <laughs> the Snunder and the Snowverse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, let's bounce to another game here. We got Philly going into Chicago here. You know, again, Philly, we've been saying just an unbelievable team. They're hitting on all cylinders right now. That uh, Hertz is probably the MVP. Uh, I think uh, the tight end's coming back. I think he just got activated off IR um, today. So they're just adding weapons. I mean, this team is really good here. Um, I, what can I say? I, I mean, I, I like Philly in this. I mean, in, in, a, in a teaser spot, I love Philly. Get it down here. Uh, you know, Chicago, what are they playing for? Quarterback's been banged up a little bit. We'll see what they got. Matty, what do you have in this one? Yeah, uh I just want to touch on Jalen Hurts and all the doubters, man. Uh, Dan Orlovsky summed it up a bunch. This, he said this is the best transformation and growth in a quarterback that he's ever seen. And I know it's Dan Orlovsky, but I think he's right. Hurts has turned into a tremendous pocket passer. And his legs, if, if they're playing man and those DBs have their backs turned to him, it's a 15-yard scamper easy with him. Now, this, is, I think, is going to be a fun game. I think that's why the high total is 48 and a half. I would look at something, if you would like a little fun, do a little pizza money, see who has the higher rush yards. Is it going to be Hertz or is it going to be Fields for Chicago? You might be able to find some good numbers on that. So uh, I'm probably not going to touch this otherwise. Perfect candidate for Titty, or Smitty and the teasers. Jason, what do you have on this one? So I'm going opposite. I'm going to take the Bears at home plus the nine. I think the Eagles clinched the playoff spot last week. They're cruising through that division. I can see them stepping off the gas a little bit here in this one. Hurts better not outrush Fields because they need to keep him in one piece for the playoffs here because otherwise it's Gardner Minshew time. So this is that kind of game where, you know, when you go up to a pool and you know the water is going to be a little cold, but you're just jumping anyway. That's what I'm doing with this one. I'm, I'm going to close my eyes, make the cannonball, and just hit the water ice cold and take the Bears plus nine. <laughs> So I will move us now down to Duval, where the Jags are getting four and a half against the Dallas Cowboys. I already played this one. I'm impressed with last week's effort. Trevor Lawrence, I'm a believer. Give me the Jags plus the four and a half. I'm going to take it now before it shrinks down on Sunday. Maddie, what do you got for this one? Uh, I want to ride with you, but I want to. I saw he got marked as questionable today. Uh, I, I like them as well. I still can't trust in Dak, and I don't think Dallas fans either can trust in Dak. I believe in his last four games, Lawrence has the highest quarterback rating in the NFL, and I believe he has 10 touchdowns, no INTs. He seemed to live up to his hype. So if I do have to play it, Jason, I'm riding with you on this one. Jacksonville, give me the points. A little, little sticky note for this one. Jacksonville, one of the best teams of preventing sacks, and obviously the Cowboy defense thrives off sacks. sacks. Smitty, what do you got for this? Yeah, you know, I've been saying it a lot this year. These home teams, these dogs have been barking all year. Jacksonville playing pretty well right now. You know, Ingram, big game last week. Jones, big game last week. They were moving the ball. Dallas, a lot of injuries starting to come up. You know, they're going to run. Prescott, eh, sometimes just a head scratcher here. Get them up to about 10 and a half. I love it. I'll take the Jags, man. All right, I'm moving around. Go ahead. 
All right, I'll uh, fire up here. This was a hot mess express candidate, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, let's let's hit the Falcons traveling to New Orleans. Saints are laying four at home, over under 43. I mean, Atlanta just had Marcus Mariota basically walk away from the team. Who knows if it's because they're going to put him on an IR, if his wife had a baby, whatever. It's a pretty shitty move. So it's Desmond Ritter time. We get to see what he's all about. I actually think some player props in this one are going to look at Atlanta to run, run, run keep the light, the load light off of Ritter because they don't have the best weapons either. No more Kyle Pitts. Look for Tyler Algier to score and maybe go over his rush yards. And, I mean, the Saints are no better. At quarterback, they're still playing freaking Andy Dalton. Kamara's a mess. They have no wide receivers. I think Dennis Allen's a, a coordinator, not a coach. So I'll drop it there. Uh, Smitty, what do you got on this one, buddy? Yeah, you know, looking at this with the rookie coming in, I, I kind of like the Saints just because of their defense at home in this one. I, I But again, teaser spot, I don't know. I wouldn't take the Falcons up. I do a, probably a money line. I do a lot of money line parlays sometimes on Sunday. I think the Saints win this game. I really like the Saints where they're at in this game. But in a teaser spot, I'd probably take the points up. I think this game is going to be lower scoring. That's just my opinion on that. Jason, what do you got on this one? Yeah, the sheet is like literally right on Vegas on this one, uh, both on the total and with like the points per team. So I don't think they know either. This is one of those games where you kind of got to watch to see if there's anybody gets injured. Uh, I'm not going to trust Desmond Ritter on the road. So, but I don't really want to lay four and a half there with the Saints. So I will like, I like the Saints. I don't want to bet a money line, not really fair either. So I'm probably going to pass on this game and hope for maybe a little live action with the Saints. I think they're in a slightly better position than Falcons or Falcons want to lose. They want to start building up the draft picks and getting this roster rebuilt. So I will move next to a fun game that may not be so fun because of some injuries. The Jets at home against the Lions. Um, this is the two teams kind of coming on hot here. I know the Jets have lost a couple, but still in the mix, looking pretty good with the defense. Um, I think the question mark you have here is you have Jared Goff in the Northeast, in the weather, in a potential uh, Nor'easter against a Jets team that may not have a quarterback. This is another situation where you have a team kind of got everything but the quarterback. Um, so got to keep eyes on Mike White. I think if White plays, I think if they can actually, I think the defense will play well, and I think keep the lines contained. So I will take the Jets if White plays. If not, I don't know what I'm going to do here. Probably play the uh, over. Um, I'm not over the under um, just because I don't think the Jets offense is going to show up. What do you got, Matty? Yeah, you and I are going to be rolling together a lot this weekend, it seems. I love the Jets this week. Uh, huge bounce back. I think this is the game of the week. I do want to issue an apology, though, to the Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell. I bashed you all year. I thought you were just Mr. Rah, rah, rah. And you hyped everybody up. And lo and behold, it's actually working. And that arrow is for sure up. But if Mike White plays – Give me all the sauce and give me a sauce INT this weekend, too. There's the player prop for you. Smitty, hit it. Yeah, I love the Jets this week, man. I love the defense uh, conditions. Hey, Detroit, great story. Everyone's on it right now. But, again, get Goff outside of a dome. Let's see what he can do. He did well in Chicago a couple weeks ago, but let's see what he can do this week. I love the Jets. So does Old Man in the Garage, one of his first plays. He is 4-1-0-2 last week, but the guy's been on fire. He loves the Jets right now as a – Money line dog in this. So I'm on the Jets. I mean, the whole team's on the Jets. Whole team's on the Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Let's go. We're moving on here. Hey, let's go Steelers, man. Let's jump into the Steelers. That was a tough one. Who's quarterbacking? We might have Bubby Brister back. Who knows? Maybe Rudolph, Trubisky. Hey, Steelers moved the ball. That was a good game. Good divisional game. You know, moved the ball. He just made some mistakes. This is a tight one. Carolina's playing well. Big win last week in a teaser spot. Hey, I don't know even know who's quarterbacking yet. So just follow us on Twitter and I'll get this. But hey, in a Twitter spot or in a um, teaser spot, Twitter spot, teaser spot. Hey, I love the Steelers. I've done it all year. I like taking them up. If you can get them up to about eight, eight and a half. I really like the Steelers in this. A lot of Nick, Nick guys here. I, you know, Brayer Muth, I heard might be a little nicked up here. Scares me a little bit, but I'm going to monitor it over the weekend here. But in a teaser spot, I really like the Steelers. Jason, what do you got on that one, man? See, I'm a little torn here because usually I would say, you know, Carolina's a little overhyped after the big West Coast win. Um, a lot of people were on that, but, you know, a good defense, running game, basically the same exact recipe that beat the Steelers last weekend. But if you really watch the Steelers-Ravens game, you realize that the Steelers moved the ball better than the Ravens. They had, I think, the four times in the red zone with no points. And you do that in the NFL, that's just death. 
Uh, so they're going on the road here. The quarterback, you know, is not really a question because it doesn't really matter if it's Rudolph or Trubisky. They're basically the same guy. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's, it's basically a situation. Can they get move the ball against a good Panthers defense? Are the Panthers truly motivated? Can they really think they can win this division? Because it's there for the taking. Tampa Bay looks awful. And the Panthers are playing well. I'm going to take the Panthers and lay the two and a half. I think they're going to run the ball through the Steelers again. That defensive line looked awful against the Ravens last week. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, they're so bad in the middle right now. Cam Hayward's trying to slide in there and solidify it. Still not working because he's getting overmatched. He's going to get double teamed in there by the center and the guard, and they're going to bully him around. And they just don't have the, the tackling middle linebackers that we're so used to here in Pittsburgh. Um, give me Carolina, probably the money line. Pickett supposedly is going to clear concussion protocol and play is what I heard today, but do not hold me to it. But I think Carolina plays bully ball and gets the W here. So going from hey, real quick, Maddie, not to cut you off here, not just I want to get the man in the garage. Like I said, he has four plays. Had the Jets first play. He has Steelers money line. He likes the Steelers this week. Go ahead. All right. So going from one of the lowest point totals at thirty-seven and a half, let's go to Kansas City, Houston. One of the highest point totals. I think it is the highest actually. Forty-nine and a half. Houston's getting fourteen at home. Um, Here we go again. Lovey Smith's going to play flip a coin who's quarterback and i heard it's back to kyle allen this week it's just going to be loss after loss getting piled up i'm not going to touch this it's this high spread again just like dallas last week i hope houston keeps it close and keeps it interesting i am going to play isaiah pacheco over rushing yards this week give me that for a player prop smitty what do you have on this one yeah i i said it last week man i keep taking the texans and all these teasers i just keep jacking them up why not going to do it again i think i've hit three straight weeks in a row i'm going to do it again give me the texans up jason i'm okay with the texans plus the 14 that's another one i'm just going to take all these awful dogs but you know kansas city just gotta has shown that they don't cover big numbers especially on the road you know i don't know what happened with the texans and the cowboys but the texans found something maybe it's the multiple quarterback system whatever it is i just, i don't want to see any more jeff driscoll running the option on the goal line besides that <laughs> I'm okay. Give me the 14. I don't feel good about it, but I know it's the right thing to do here. So I'm going to take the Texans and then we'll move to another game. This is actually a really interesting game because I think this has a huge playoff implications. Las Vegas Raiders at home getting one against the Patriots. I actually like the Raiders a lot here. I took them in a teaser, teased them up to seven and a half and I matched it with another game. We'll go to on the West coast. Um, I am not impressed with the New England Patriots in any measure. That is not a very talented football team, and it's also not a very well-coached football team. That offense is a mess. I mean, it's funny. We make fun of Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury going back and forth yelling at each other. Well, Mac Jones is doing the exact same thing every week with Matt Patricia. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Give me the Raiders. Uh, They needed us to get back in the playoff picture after they blew it last week. What do you got, Smitty? I agree with you here. This is, uh, you know, I bragged up the Raiders a lot last show, and then they they, they dropped it out against the Rams. Killed, killed our boy Skippy. was in the Circa Millions or whatever it was. And his, him and his team went on that. So, feel bad on that. And I was bragging them up. Now, I heard, you know, you get Renfro back. You get Waller back off the IR coming this week. Hey, these are two teams. I mean, the Raiders are a head-scratcher. They have four games this year. They're up in double digits, and they just can't they can't hold on to the, the win here. You got New England. I agree with you. I went to bed. I didn't watch that game. I, I hit the bed. I had Moneyline Patriots, but that game was ugly as anything. Patricia, how could you take a guy that was a defensive coordinator and you threw him as now the offensive coordinator? Who does that? And you used to think New England was a smart organization. I don't know what they're doing right now, but – you know, old man in the garage, he loves, he likes New England. He thinks New England's going to get the win here. I like money line. I think the Raiders win this game. Matt, what do you got? Uh, huge stay away from me. If you're forcing me to bet it, I'm taking New England money line. I'm going to be with old man in the garage. I just don't, I just don't get it though. I don't get either of these teams. McDaniel's not a head coach. And then Belichick, who's possibly the greatest head coach of all time, has coordinators that aren't the right coordinators. It, just forget this game. Uh, I, I do love that watching the Raiders. Uh, they're my secret under the radar like team, but I'm going to pass on this one. And with further ado, because we're getting pressed here, here it comes. Get your tickets, Smitty. Hot Mess oh. Express game. Here it comes. Oh, yes. Arizona, Denver. 
absolute puke city here we got uh denver laying three at home over under 36 which looks like a college army navy line colt mccoy versus brett ribbon i think this is literally which coach gets fired first is it going to be kingsbury or is it going to be hackett and and jason actually said i think the teams will off like off air that they'll wait wait till the official black monday day i think one of these two are, are going I, I think whoever puts up a stinker this week, somebody's going to get canned. I am not touching this. One thing I will look at is Marlon Mack has made a resurface here with Denver. So if you want a long shot player prop, maybe look at Marlon Mack over yards and catching passes. All right, Jason, go ahead. Hot mess express jump on. So the return of the Mac is what you're saying. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I liked what I saw from Colt McCoy. <laughs> so I think that offense is in better shape than the Denver offense. And even though I know you got Russ out of the equation now, I think what they should do is if either team gets up by 14 points, the other team's coach should get fired. And that would make it really entertaining to watch. And that will boost the ratings for this game because no one else is going to watch it outside these two markets. But I will take the points with Arizona in what should be a low-scoring, awful game. Smitty, what do you think? I'll take Denver. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Maybe I, I'm guess what? I'm rooting for the toilet that's being Russ right now. So that, let's move on. <laughs> hey, you're up and fire away. Oh man, I, I've lost track. I get so excited for that. I know we're, we got we're trying to fire this in like three. I'll minutes. pick you up. I'll pick you up. Let's go okay, to go LA. Let's go to LA where the LA Chargers are coming off the nice Monday night win where a lot of us had them against uh, Tennessee, who looked absolutely awful uh, playing against Jacksonville last week. This was the other side of my teaser. I actually teased the Titans up to go with the Raiders. I am fading the Chargers because this is the kind of team that beats the heck out of the Chargers, physical on both lines. I know they're banged up a corner and everything else, but like I said, this is the kind of team that gives uh, L.A. all the problems in the world. So give me the Titans. Give me Vrabel with the points. Like I tease it up even, so I think we're going to be good. This will probably be an ugly game. Smitty, what do you got? Yeah, same thing. I got the teaser. I love Tennessee this week. I think Tannehill just don't turn the ball over, pound the ball. I agree. I was on with the Chargers with you, Jason. Made a, made a lot of money Sunday night. Did really well on that bet against Miami. But uh, I like Tennessee this week. And uh, old man in the garage does too. Last play for him. He has money line Tennessee. Matty, what do you got? All right. Here it comes. Uh, Brandon Stanley, please adopt the KISS methodology. Keep it simple, stupid. Run the ball. Use Eckler. You have your weapons back. You have Keenan Allen. You have Mike Williams. Everett's back. Just run Eckler. Throw it to Eckler. I actually think a fun thing to look at here is this to be the highest scoring game of the weekend because I don't think they're going to stop Tennessee. I don't think they're going to stop Derrick Henry. But I think Herbert gets it done. I actually am going to take the charges to win by 7 to 12 points. I actually think they win this. I think they win it pretty easy. And I'm going to look for about a 35 to 25 kind of game. All right. Next on the board, Cincy traveling down to Tampa. Tampa's getting three and a half at home over under 44. Cincy's the team that is just on a roll right now. They've put it all together. They get their weapons back. Really gelling. Joe Burrow's got it going. I think their coach, Zach Taylor, is highly underrated and does a, did a tremendous job. I also think they have covered – Six games in a row. Don't hold me to that because I am without a computer to do all my due diligence. But give me Cincy again. I think Tampa is an absolute mess. I heard rumors of Brady holding his own practices and changing game plans and whatnot, undermining the coaches. So I think they're a mess. Give me the Bengals. Jason? Uh, We don't do sound effects on this show, but if we did, I would do the Admiral Akbar from Star Wars and did the like, it's a trap kind of thing because I just did actually. But um, this line does not make any sense. Like this is three and a half. Since he is playing so good right now, Buccaneers are dumpster fire and it's three and a half points in Tampa. Uh, I like, I've already done it twice this week. I'm going to do it a third time. I'm going to take the Bucks plus three and a half. I have no rational explanation of why they'll cover this game, but they're going to cover this game. Yeah, I looked like a fool last week in a teaser with Tampa Bay against San Francisco. But guess what? Sometimes you got to look like a fool. I'm going to do it again. I'm taking Tampa in a teaser. I love Cincy. I love what they're doing. I think they're, but I think they bounce back. Teams that come off really bad performances, I love, especially if they're dogs, 
Love teasing them back up. I like Tampa Bay, man. Hey, let's hey, let's go hey, on. Before you go, before you go, Smitty, you guys do know, and rest in peace, Mike Leach. Little shout out to him. You know he's oh. not captain in that pirate ship down there. The Bucks aren't winning this one, fellas. We shall see. <laughs> go for it. Go ahead. Smitty. Yeah, R.I.P. Man, one of our favorite coaches uh, out of the boys on the show here, man. We love that guy. So that was that was heartbreaking. So hey, let's move on here. Hey, let's go to one of my favorite teams, the Commanders or the Skins, or the Commodores, or whatever we call them. We have 19 names for them here. Hey, love this spot for them this week. Coming off a bye, I know everybody thinks I can't stand Penn State football. I don't like the Commodores or the Skins or whatever. I, Jason, can't. I know he thinks I like for sure. Hey, I like this spot for him this week here. You know I'll look for some player props too, but money line play. Giants are really going south in a hurry. I know this game was tied two weeks ago, and I was on the Giants and a teaser on that. I do like Washington to bounce back here, and I think they get the win money line. I don't know, Matt. I'm, I've lost where we're at. Matt, just fire away. You're good, buddy. Uh, I'm with you, Smitty. I think this is a great spot for the Commodores. I actually – I'm going to fire a lot on player props this week, and I see a lot of stuff I like. I like a Jahan Dotson anytime touchdown this week. Uh, the, the, the Giants secondary is a mess. Their whole team is sort of a mess. I feel bad for Barkley, who was having a tremendous year, and then he gets dinged up. Daniel Jones, still not the answer. Daybold has done a commendable job there. They've already exceeded expectations. I think with a good draft next year, they have the, the arrow going the right way. But, yeah, give me give me Washington money line this week if I'm going to bet it. Jason? Yeah, you know what? I think last week you kind of saw the Giants were just out of guys. Like, they've been kind of, you know, on fumes for weeks now, and they're finally just, just it's not enough guys. They they showed up well for Thanksgiving against the Cowboys, but I just think the Eagles kind of buried their season there. Now, I have a prop or uh, eight under eight and a half wins for the Giants, which I thought was dead, but it's starting to come back to life a little bit here. So I need this one. Give me the Commodores. They got the playoffs in their sights. They're playing really good football. Can't argue with it. Like I said, I would love to take the Giants here plus four and a half, uh, but it's just I don't think they have any dudes. They're just out of guys. So that will bring us to the last game of the week, which is the complete – I don't know. We need a name for this kind of game. It's a complete fraud game because you have the Packers and the Rams on Monday Night Football deep in December. You're thinking you're going to get a classic where you can sit on the couch under your blanket and eat your potato chips next to the fire, but this is this is actually – maybe could have been a hot mess express game. Maybe. Maybe. It was- it was eligible. It was eligible, definitely, uh, which you don't expect. But uh, I don't even know where to go here. Uh, six and a half seems like a lot for the Packers, but I just don't know if the Rams can score enough points. Um, you know, I don't think Baker Mayfield, it, it, it probably is going to be worse now. He's out of had we, we can practice and actually figure out the plays. I'll probably, I'll let it lay a six and a half with the Packers. I think they just have too much. The Rams are just, another team is just out of bodies at this point. Maddie, what do you got? I'm with you. I, I think Green Bay covers. I think the extra week gives them what they need. I commend Baker. I'm not a Baker fan, but what he did last week was gutty, gritty, and, and an amazing win. So I'm going to give him a, a shout out. Just stop doing commercials and focus more on football. And I think eventually next year, if he gets in the right scenario, he could be a fine NFL quarterback. I'm not going to say good. I'll say fine. Rodgers, I, I, I do – I'm going to say this, though, before we're wrapping up. I think if the Packers lose next week, Jordan Love is going to be under center for the Green Bay Packers and see what they got going going forward. I mean, he should be there now already, but, yeah. Agreed. agreed. But, I, I mean, I think until they're officially eliminated from the playoffs, which will be a loss this week, I think that's how it's going to shake out. Smitty sent us home. Yeah, this one, like I said, one of my favorite bets. I give out two. I've been a little cold here. I was really on fire. I've been a little cold. But this is my first one. I'm locked it in. I'll post it here. I already told you I love Buffalo this week. I think they blow out Miami, and I love Green Bay. I have Green Bay down to minus one. I think So I got Buffalo minus one and a half, Green Bay minus one. Green Bay is going to win this game. Hey, great stuff, boys. I'm glad we fired that in because there's a lot of, lot of NFL games. You guys have anything else before we uh, sign her off here? No, we're just going to be bringing you picks on the Twitter. Smitty's been doing great on the college basketball. I'm trying to get off the snide here with the hockey. And we, we try to cover everything. So that's what we do. And uh, it's going to be this great. It's, you know, it's just that time of year. Sports on every night. Christmas, Hanukkah, everything. Gotta love it. Bull games. Bull games coming up. We got some great guys that we get info from. Uh, trying to piece it together. We'll fire out some bowl games. 
Uh, basketball, I got. I, I know I, I threw out a, a lot tonight. I got Albany, and I hit my best bet. The Duquesne Dukes finally came through for me tonight. Best bet, 26-11 and 11 on the season right now. So uh, keep checking me out on basketball. I'm going to keep firing, man. But, yeah, best of luck to everybody this week. Yeah, check out our Twitters, at Notebook Wagering. We're on Spotify, free podcast. We'll bring you guests. We'll bring you info. Uh, Jason's Twitter handle is at Notebook Wagering. Jcam. Smitty is at SmittyBucks24, I believe. I am at If You Follow Matt, and I'm going to play, uh, post a lot of bowl games. I already have, I've already fired a ton. The lines are moving, jumping all around. So check us out at the, at the notebook. We love you guys, and happy holidays your way. Send us messages, and like we always say, bang your bookies, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.